0: The Service of Prayer and Preaching for the Transfiguration of Our Lord, February sixth, two 2022. The opening hymn is LSB 416, Swiftly Past the Clouds of Glory.
1: The clouds of glory heavens voice the dazzling light. Moses and Elijah vanish, Christ alone commands the height. Peter, James, and John fall silent, turning from the summit's rise. Downward toward the shadowed valley where the Lord has fixed his eyes Glimpsed and gone the revelation they shall gain and keep its truth not by building on the mountain in shrine or sacred booth, but by following the Savior through the valley to the cross, and by testing faith's resilience through betrayal, pain, and loss. Transfigure our perception With the purest light that shines And recast our life's intentions To the shape of your designs Till we seek no other glory Than what lies past Calvary's hill and are living, and are dying, and are rising by your will. This is
0: the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
1: The Lord God is my strength and my Son, and He has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously, let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my son, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Reading from Exodus, the
0: 34th chapter. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all of the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him. And Moses talked with them. Afterward all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining. And Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The intro is verses from Psalm 84, the Antiphon from Psalm 77.
1: Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. For a day in your courts, is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Your lightnings lighted up the world, the earth trembled and shook. And a reading from Second Peter,
0: the first chapter. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision, until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the Common Responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Exodus records this interesting bit of history for us. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone, because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Why were they afraid? There are several reasons. The most obvious is the direct experience of a most unusual phenomenon. Explained in John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Moses was not Jesus, but he did carry the divine word of God from God himself and was tasked with proclaiming it to God's people. Being in the presence of God's glory had physically changed him, and he was literally shining. This leads to the other reason why they were afraid. When Moses spoke, they could see it wasn't just him they were hearing, they were coming face to face with God himself. His words could not just be tucked away or blown off for something bigger and better. There is nothing that could surpass the importance of what God has to say. When God speaks, creation is required to listen. He doesn't just speak to hear his own voice like I do. He speaks when he speaks It is always for your benefit. With Moses then bearing this physical reminder of a greater reality, they could no longer keep God in a box. He wasn't a mere lucky charm to be hid away until he is needed to grant me my wishes. So from where does this fear come? It comes from suffering. Sinful bodies, sinful minds, sinful emotions, sinful wills, all living in a world broken by sin, knows suffering in abundance. We fear suffering so much... That apart from certain mental health conditions, we will do everything we can to avoid it. When it cannot be avoided, many will turn falsely to lie the suffering away or retranslating it into something diminishing its severity. Well, I guess it's not that bad. It could be worse. At least I don't have. Rather than addressing it head-on like faithful biblical Christians, it's easier for the sinful nature to address it away out of sight, out of mind. But you know it doesn't really work, does it? Attempting to hide suffering away doesn't actually remove it. And as much as one attempts to convince themselves otherwise, no one really likes suffering. No one wants to see others suffer, especially their loved ones. I suppose if we're honest, we might confess that we don't necessarily mind seeing our enemies suffer, but that says more about our own sinfulness than anything else. Really, though, No one wants to suffer themselves. The pain-free, easy way is always the more desirable way, which is why we see many New Year's resolutions of healthier lifestyles already cast aside with promises of next year for sure. Transfiguration raises for me the question, if God gave you a glimpse into the future and allowed you to see that your suffering would serve to bring one of your loved ones to faith in Christ, would you do it? Would you bear your cross with patience, or dare I say, joy? Would your pain-free, selfish desires give way to a more quieted, pious cross-bearing for the good of your neighbor? Would it cause you to better to uh, better actually hear the words of St. Paul, It is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, Children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is exactly what we see our Heavenly Father doing in the transfiguration of His Son. The Lord Jesus Christ, the glory of the Father, who is the word of God in flesh, of whom we sing, veiled in flesh, the Godhead, see, hail the incarnate deity, walks with His disciples and pulls back the veil. He reveals to his disciples who this Jesus really and truly is, the Almighty Lord and Savior in the flesh. Keep in mind that it was only a few days earlier that Saint Peter declared with boldness and confidence that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, only then to rebuke Jesus a couple of days after that profound confession when Jesus begins to tell them that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer and be killed and on the third day rise again. Not on my watch. This will never happen as long as I have something to say about it. (laughs) Imagine, Peter believes that Jesus is Lord and yet is adamant on making sure that the Lord doesn't do the very thing he was sent to do. This is why God pulls back the veil on the divinity of Christ on that mountaintop. God wants to see wants these men to see and to know that Jesus has God's favor and is, in fact, fully God. As Almighty God in the flesh, all that is about to go down in the days and weeks to come is all part of his good will and gracious plan. He's in absolute control. He knows what he's doing. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Yet we know how this turns out, don't we? The disciples aren't gathered around that Good Friday cross praising God for their salvation as the sacrifice for all their sin is being lifted up and put on full display. No, they're in hiding. They've bailed and hit the ejection button. They're in full self-preservation mode. Like Adam and Eve before them, they're attempting to hide and save themselves. Even the great Saint Peter has tried not once, not twice, but three times to save himself, denying that he even knew Jesus. But we don't have to even look that far out to see how the disciples already fail in the command to listen to Jesus. St. Peter is still shaking out the cobwebs on the Transfiguration Mount when he tells Jesus that he and the boys will construct three tents for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah so that they can stay put. Peter is too busy talking, dictating his plans for God to actually listen to what Jesus has said and will say, which Luke tells us what Jesus, Moses, and Elijah were talking about. His exodus, his impending suffering and death, his rest in the tomb, and his resurrection for the sake of all humanity, including these disciples who had to be reminded yet again, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Peter does listen. And through the Holy Spirit, given in great measure at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance these things to Peter. By God's grace, Peter gets it. And from his mouth, from one who saw the Lord transfigured on that mountain, we hear. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed Through the grace of the Holy Spirit, we know and understand the absolute necessity of Christ's suffering and death. Knowing what we know, many seem to have no problem laughing at Peter's seemingly silly responses. We shake our head at his emotional flightiness. It's easy for us to think that something as powerful as the miraculous transfiguration display of Christ would quiet the tongue, at least for a moment, and cause one to pay attention and listen. But that's not always the case with God's people. Remember, the Israelites actually wanted Moses to veil up whenever he spoke God's word to them. The glow of his face, the glory of God reflecting off him, scared them. They didn't want to behold the glory. And why? It's actually pretty simple when you think about it. It's easier to hear and dismiss things from just another guy, especially things you don't like than it is to hear and dismiss these same things from the Lord himself. With the veil up, it's just Moses speaking. There's no fear. With the glory of the Lord shining forth, though, things change. If we're honest, it's the same with us. Look around. Look to the font. Look to the altar. Look to the pulpit, the lectern, the rail. Here is the Lord. Now do we behold the full glory of God? No. No. Can you imagine how different our worship would be if we actually beheld Christ himself in all his glory administering the bread and wine and saying, take and eat this, take and drink, this is my body and my blood. Even if we take Jesus out of the equation, which should never be the case. If we could actually see our departed loved ones at the heavenly side of our Lord's feast table, would we not drop everything and flock to be in their presence at every opportunity given us? we don't. We don't see any of this, do we? Don't get me wrong. This is exactly what Christ says it is. This is 100% Jesus. This isn't a mere symbol, nor is it a minuscule fraction or a tidbit of Christ. It's 100% Christ. However, it's veiled. Christ veils himself and his glory in, with, and under the ordinary elements of word, water, bread, and wine. This is where the problems arise. We don't see Christ. We only see the veil. We see only ordinary elements. We see only ordinary men speaking and administering these ordinary elements in rather ordinary and unspectacular ways. The heavens don't rend. No heavenly cloud. No booming voice from heaven. No radiated glory. None of that. Honestly, though, would we really want all that? After all, it's much easier to keep doing what we want to do when the veil is up and God is in the box. It's easier to justify our sin when the veil is up and things seem so ordinary and humdrum. We would never blow off Jesus, but it's not so difficult to blow off church, is it? The fish are biting, the family's in town, I'm tired, it's cold outside, I broke a nail, pastor preaches too long, the hymns are hard, someone sat in my pew last time, We easily find many reasons to stay away, and quite frankly, it's a whole lot easier to justify the sin against the third commandment, to not hold God's word sacred, to not gladly hear and learn it, to blow off our Lord when it's not so obvious that our Lord is right here for us. This is why we do what we do in this space, brothers and sisters in Christ. We start by the font. We read and sing the words of God to ourselves, to each other. We follow the cross to the altar to receive his gracious gifts through word, body, and blood. Then follow the cross back out. His life regenerates us, gives us new life, and shapes our life in and out of this building. Leaving, we are reminded that we do bear crosses. But then we gather again, and where we come, and we see he has taken our cross for eternity. Our crosses are His. And He brings us life and salvation by His cross, through His body and blood, given and shed for you. And as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. These salutary practices are done to focus your attention on the cross of Christ. Fix your eyes on that which is absolutely unveiled and unvarnished. Here, God doesn't hide a thing. Here is God's full wrath against sin on full display for all the world to see. Here is God's incomprehensible love for sinners on full display. Here is God's only begotten Son, nailed to a cross, blood and water pouring forth from his side, all for you. Here we don't need to be afraid to come near. Jesus has taken it away. Here, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father, and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear Father. Amen. In the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 403, O Savior of our fallen race.
1: Our fallen race You put our human vesture on And came to us as Mary's son Alleluia Today as year by year it's light bathes all the world in radiance bright. One precious truth outshines the sun. Salvation comes from you alone. Hallelujah. (coughs) For from the Father's throne you came his children to reclaim, and earth and sea and sky revere the love of him who sent you here.
0: peace let us pray to the lord lord have mercy for the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind let us pray to the lord lord have mercy for the holy christian church here and scattered throughout the world and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith let us pray to the lord lord have mercy for this nation for our cities and communities and for the common welfare of us all Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, in the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirm the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that by the patience and comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen.
1: Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death has no more dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead, To sin once for all Living he lives to God Count yourselves as dead To sin and alive to God In Christ Jesus our Lord Christ has been raised From the dead, allelu
0: Bless the Lord, thanks be to God. The Almighty and Merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve us. Amen.
1: We sing Hymn LSB
0: 413, O Wondrous Type, O Vision Fair.
1: Type of oh vision fair, of glory that the church may share, which Christ upon the mountain shows, where brighter than the sun he goes. With Moses and John, The incarnate Lord holds Converse high And from The cloud The Holy One There's record To the Only Son With shining and bright array Christ aims to manifest today What glory shall be theirs above Who joy in God with perfect love And faithful heart are raised on high by this great vision's mystery, for which in joyful strains we raise the voice of prayer, the hymn of glory face to